Welcome to the Space with Pluto podcast. <laughs> I'm your host this week. Don't you dare interrupt me this time, Dan. I'm your host, Ben. Joining me as always is James. Oh, <laughs> no. oh sorry, I get confused. Oh, God. <laughs> I see what you're doing here. Mm, very clever. <laughs> um, yeah, it's me, Dan. Obviously. Uh, and and Chris and Christian, do I go? <laughs> do I go now? <laughs> Who knows? Is James, I don't know. Is James going again? See, no one knows. We don't have any rules. Everyone's confused, but they don't want to admit. It. I'm the only one brave enough to say <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Um, what are we actually? What are we talking about? Like, maybe we should explain that Ben just suddenly decided to do a podcast without any real like focus whatsoever. Would well, you um, know why? Because back in the day. We used to do this nearly weekly. Like this, this is the plan that was meant to be that you do this weekly, and then we've ended up, as the listeners know, doing it every like two to three months. <laughs> and so, you know, I thought, well, it's been a week now since time of recording. It's now been a week. Has it been a week? We... Yeah, we did. We did the last yeah, episode was... a week ago. No, that's can't be right. That's mad. It's that, no, it's that feels like it was right. a few days ago. Yeah, three days most. Oh, that's when it was released but it was time of recording it was a week ago so it's now time to right, do the next fine. one like a podcast <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah. here we are I, I mean this is going to give everyone who's listening like a, a proper jump scare they're just going to see this come out and be like what yeah <laughs> they, they weren't expecting to hear no. from us for another three months yeah a little bonus episode you're welcome listeners dan didn't want this to happen how does that make you feel listeners well, that's and he's partly... actually he's got really good content to start us off with this random bonus episode, haven't you, Dan? Well, I suppose so. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons I didn't want to do a podcast is because we've not really got much to talk about. Like the idea of talking about the new Predator film, Prey, it's called, right? It was floated fine, and then there's also like an Andor trailer, and it's like, what? Jesus Christ! Can you imagine what talking about that? I don't really want to do that. I've not actually, I've not actually watched it, and I've heard it's actually <laughs> meant to be okay. I've got no interest in the show, as 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 I discussed in the last um, episode of this podcast. I've got no interest in that show. I can't even bother watching the trailer. But I heard it's okay looking, I suppose. But yeah, um, I guess we could talk about that if people want to talk about that. I'd much rather talk about the thing I segued you for. Uh, yeah, which is the outbreak of violent monkeys in Japan. <laughs> Dan, what are you talking about? There's a gang of violent monkeys in Japan. Uh, I don't know where they've come from. No one knows where they've come from. Uh, they've got 58 people so far. What do you mean they've got them? <laughs> they've, they've got them. <laughs> like kidnapped, cage. killed? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, have you guys honestly not heard about I I know yeah. nothing about this. I, I've, I've heard, I, I heard something vaguely about this, but I didn't doubt it. I don't know why, because it sounds like a baffling story, but I didn't dive any deeper. Monkeys can be kind of aggressive anyway, I guess, but these are super aggressive, travel around in gangs of hundreds. With leather jackets and switch blades. <laughs> yeah, and kind of like, yeah, sort of greased back hair kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like they, they have, for some reason, decided to um, storm a particular city. I think the city's called... Yam- Yamaguchi. Apparently, they sneak up on you from behind. So, Oh, stealth monkeys. Yes. Does anyone else remember when we used to talk about films on this podcast? No. Nah. <laughs> what? Films? Should we take, just to quickly make it about a movie, should we just take a gamble what we think Prey is going to be, if it's going to be good or not? It's a weird one, because I've been having this conversation recently. The like predator franchise is such a mixed bag when you look at it the first one's a really good classic the second one's yeah. quite forgettable predators is really fucking good especially for like a modern action film and then the predator is dog shit is that yeah. which one's the one with adrian brody that's predators. that was predators and what's what's a the predator that came out in like 2019 and it's just another generic predator comes to a suburban town in America and kills some people. Oh, and by the way, autism's a superpower. 
Yeah, yeah, that's that's the whole premise of that one. The the predators want to harvest humanity for the next level of evolution, which is autism. That's incredible. What a, what a mad concept. Because it was like I think it was more shocking for people, Dan, because the guy that wrote the first film, Predator, Shane Black, who then did later like Lethal Weapon, he wrote that, and he did he directed like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and the Nice Guys. He came back and wrote and directed the Predator. And so people are like, oh, it's back to return to form, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, n- no. <laughs> oh, I, I'm, just, I'm just so annoyed that they wasted the ending of The Predator by being like, oh, they, you know, um, they, they, the, 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 the good guy Predators have sent us something to defend against the bad guy Predators. It, it's it's nickname in the system is the predator killer and then they open it and it's just a robot predator suit i was like oh come on you could have had like cryogenically frozen arnie or an alien egg or just anything that was more interesting just anything i because it feels like this pre i'm kind of interested in this prey movie because it was one of them where it, it i think it was always like a internet like oh imagine if they'd done this where you had like a predator, or it might have been like a comic or something, like a fan favorite comic where a predator's fought like dudes with muskets, you know, like in the eighteen hundreds. Mm. Or it's for it's like this kind of premise feels very like a Reddit post or <laughs> it's a comic or something. So I'm quite curious. I'm just curious to see what, uh, in terms of the writing, how will these uh, people with a bit less te- kind of technology will deal with the predator. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. this whole thing of like, oh, the predator like tones down his weapons and his skills and stuff to uh, you know, match whatever level of you've got. But they always stay bollocks. like one step ahead. Yeah, exactly. It's That's very, bollocks. very like convenient for the predator. It's like, oh, okay, well, I won't quite wipe you out. I'll just use weapons that are three times better than you, not ten <laughs> yeah. times better. It's like, well, well, I do have explosive rifles and all this sort of stuff but i'll just i'll just use the laser cannon on my shoulder because you know that evens the fight out a bit exactly i think it's going to be one of these films that you either kind of go along with the concept and just sort of maybe switch your brain off a little bit and just try and enjoy or possibly overanalyze it and think well that's ridiculous and that's stupid and that's a that's bad writing and blah blah like judging by the trailer i don't know it's kind of like an interesting spin on spin on it all like the trailer did intrigue me because actually before viewing the trailer literally like maybe four or five days ago i didn't even know this film existed and so that was my first kind of like uh taste of this whole idea and i was like oh that is actually pretty cool i like i like this idea it looks kind of it looks kind of interesting so it remains to be seen doesn't it i don't think it's going to be outstanding but i think it'll be good fun and it, it, it's just that I hope it has like good ideas and it's at least clever. That will be the, my most disappointing thing with it if it's, if it's just lazy and a bit shit and stupid. Yeah, I I, th- I think it will be a decent action film. And I reckon, I mean, if it's following the pattern of good film, forgettable film, good film, bad film, then this one technically should be good. Unless we're including Alien versus Predator, which kind of really mixes things up. But Imagine, guys, if something like Predator was made today but just an original idea like something with as much can you imagine something getting made made today that in you know 30 40 well when was predator 80 something right 84 yeah so 35 years ish i'm I'm gonna double check that that sounds about right well imagine fast forward 35 years into the future does does anything exist today that you know will will stand the test of time 87 i was a couple years out because i was about to say like well i saw bullet train yesterday and that's original it's not original it's based on a book (laughs) oh (laughs) is it good though because i thought it's it's at least a good trailer yeah well see the trailer is what kind of winds me up the trailer's got two things in it that are like the final scene and are very obviously the final scene i don't know if it's in the main trailer it's definitely in the trailer that played before something that i saw recently and i was a bit like why have you put that in the yeah like trailer? just to explain super quick in case anyone doesn't know there's a there's a new movie out that was it's posing as an original movie those <laughs> bastards it's a <laughs> brad pitt vehicle where he's on the the bullet train i think it's is it in japan yeah yeah, yeah. It's all about all about Japan this week. Are the monkeys in the in the movie? <laughs> you have to watch it and find out then. 
and he's like he's some sort of like is he some sort of assassin type and he's on this bullet train and it's all wacky characters and action from there isn't it i presume basically yeah so like he's on the train to do a snatch and grab and then as it goes on it turns out there's loads of different mercenaries and killers and stuff like this who are all hired for different contracts that intertwine and some people are trying to kill that person but that person trying to kill this person they all kind of like combat each other it's it's got some good humor in it and some really good action in it it's it's um i'm I'm pretty sure it's it's definitely directed by but i think it's written and directed by the guy who did deadpool 2 so yes it is oh uh, it's very the uh it's it's just another like a john wick really I, yeah I well, yeah he did john did. wick as well yeah yes it's very yeah. like kind it, of it feels ilk. quite um oh, what's his name the guy who did the gentleman Oh, Guy Ritchie. It feels Guy quite Ritchie. Guy Ritchie at points. Yeah, some, the way some of the uh, conversations and dialogue flows, it feels quite Guy Ritchie. Speaking of Guy Ritchie, what happened to his film that's supposed to come out this year? Has has it come and gone and we've missed it, or is it just kind of lost? I don't know quite know what's going on with him because he's like the gentleman was like a big proper movie, big cast, really well written. But then he's like made a couple of these weird, like he's teamed up with Jason Statham again, and but they look like really generic. Oh, I think this movies. one looks good. But I, I hope it's good. I just—it's weirdly like it's almost like a weird little little B movie thing. Yeah, they—they they don't look like Guy Ritchie movies. They look like a, a movie that Guy Ritchie is attached to, but most of the time just wasn't on set. Yeah, mm. but he's actually written and directed this. It's yeah. really weird. Um, so hopefully good. But and now he's he's uh he's back working with Disney again. Is he doing Aladdin too? Oh. No, I, th- I think he's doing Hercules. Oh, I liked Aladdin. I thought it was really good. Uh, out of the live action ones, it was really good. And it didn't, you know, it's still the story of Aladdin, but I feel like it adds enough new stuff and does something, some stuff a little bit different enough to almost make it worth doing. Mm. Almost. Almost worth, worth existing. Almost. <laughs> Do you guys think Will Smith has a career left after yeah, what happened? Will Smith. Will he, will he come uh, back? I did reckon you, did, so. Yeah. Did, you, did you see his uh, apology video to Chris Rock? I've seen clips of it. Or whatever the hell it was. Well, it, but it wasn't, it kind of wasn't wasn't an apology video, wasn't it? It was like an, an address video, like a press conference. <laughs> yeah. Because he was just answering questions and he does, he does actually apologise to Chris, isn't it, doesn't he? Like publicly or something. Yeah. Yeah, kind of. Although he's, yeah. although he has he has come under criticism for basically saying that Chris Rock isn't he's approached Chris Rock, he's reached out, but he's not ready to talk yet. Chris isn't ready to talk yet, and that's fine. But that's kind of he's come under criticism for that because that's putting the burden of kind of you know like sorting out the problem on Chris Rock when mm. it probably isn't really his problem. He doesn't have to do anything, does he? Really, as a result of that, I feel like. If you like, I don't know. I feel like everything Will Smith does is just a bit weird and wrong. Anyway, <laughs> like even I just feel like when he speaks, it's just a bit. Like, I think you should just like stop talking. We didn't do like an Oscars podcast, did we this year? I think we did. Did we? No, no we did I'm, a lead. We did sure a lead. I think I think we did like a lead up to the to the Oscars. I think you're probably right, actually. But um, I don't I don't know. Like I I'm, I'm quite intrigued to see how his how his career recovers. I'm only talking about this because we mentioned Aladdin, by the way, and that was kind of like. <laughs> The last thing that I can think of that he was that he was in the last big because oh of course he was in um the thing he won the Oscar for mm. thing he won the Oscar King for yeah Richard. it looks really good to be fair another weird uh, thing just to segue is uh you know looking at Star Wars and going let's tell the story of the rebels through Rogue One's least interesting character that doesn't narrow it down they were all quite uninteresting. I can't remember if I said this on the last podcast or if I just said this in conversation. Really, what Andor is is just that they want a Han Solo esque character, like yeah, just yeah, using it for that. I'd be honest. I think the trailer looks pretty good. It looks decent enough. It's it's basically just a lot of action shot, action shot. Here's this. Here's that. Blah blah blah. And basically, all it does is go, "Hey, r- remember Rogue One? We did that, and this show's going to be like that." I just don't get, like, why in this trailer, I don't know if you've watched it, Dan, it looks like the thing they've put the most effort into in terms of, like, the visuals and, like, I just don't really get it. Oh, I tell you what, I'm just sick of talking about Star Wars, man. Like, I'm just so bored of it. I'm so, so bored of it. Like, it's just nothing. It's just nothing. It's like someone put it the same way. I was was listening to a football podcast and they were talking about Man United. (laughs) They were talking about like, oh, what do you reckon the predictions for the next next season will be? Uh, 
with football or what about Man United? And literally the guy was like, I'm so bored of talking about Man United. It's like the Star Wars of football. Everyone's so mm. bored of talking about Star Wars. And I'm so bored of talking about Man United. It's these two like creaking, like bloated, like meaningless. I'm a United fan, by the way. <laughs> but, but it's like, it's that type of thing. It feels like the, it feels like Star Wars feels like Man United. And I was thinking this the other day as well. I was thinking everything's a bit like shit at the moment. Everything's a bit rubbish at the moment. Star Wars is rubbish. Like Marvel's a bit rubbish. Um, Man United is a bit rubbish. And then, <laughs> and then like CJ popped into my head. He's a City fan, and I just thought, at least he's got City. At least like they're not rubbish. <laughs> at least his football team is actually like doing pretty well. He's got some like you know goodness. Yeah. <laughs> like, like Liverpool do good now, don't they? <laughs> Liverpool do do good. Yeah, we can talk but... about. It. Let's make it. We can talk about football. If you you then also have to be Liverpool, and that's not worth it. Do you want to quickly, Dan, put your put it on recording? How you think Haaland's going to do in the new season? How do I think Haaland will do? Really, really pinpointing our demographic right here, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> Film and TV podcast. How's Haaland going to do? Probably all right, I reckon. Like he did very, very well in the German league. So all signs point to him doing pretty well in the, in the Premier League because he got his, his stats were kind of ridiculous um but hasn't he had a bit of a generally. shocker in the preseason not really i mean it's not, it, it takes everyone it takes all players a little bit of time to kind of settle in and yeah. preseason's not really indicative of like any real form i mean he might be terrible um there has been previous examples of people coming from the german league who are very very highly rated Hen- henrik mkhitaryan uh, being one of them who signed for United from Borussia Dortmund, and he was known as like the assist king, and <laughs> and he got players player of the year in Germany, and everyone loved him. He came to United and didn't do anything at all. Um, and same kind of happened with Aubameyang as well. He came from Dortmund, didn't really do a great deal in the Premier League. It was all right, I suppose. But Haaland's like stats last year were like really really good, so I reckon he'll do pretty well. <laughs> Well, Ronaldo was kind of the same because when he when United signed him, everyone kind of expected him to come in and like blow everything out the water, and he was going to single handedly win United the league. He didn't really do much. Nah, that was just hype, though. That was just yeah. hype. People getting. But he I, should I... be someone. Someone with that kind of profile should be doing more than he did. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he played terribly badly, or he he was just he's, he's a thirty seven year old like mm. you know a, aging yeah. footballer, and he's not at any pace or, or anymore really. He he basically sits in front of the penalty area most of the time, <laughs> waits for the ball to come to him, and he'll do something you know incredible. Um, and the team, the rest of the team, isn't designed around that type of player at all. Um, so it wasn't a surprise to me that United weren't very good last year. Because they based their whole team around Ronaldo doing well, didn't really have much of a game plan. <laughs> um, but yeah, we can talk about football all, all day, no, Sean, guys. Not. <laughs> let's not. Well, you can brought it up, Ben. Can I? Yeah, but then I had a better idea. Can I spin it oh, back to um, Monkey no, Gang? I just it was to make a, a bit of a recommendation to just to talk about a good thing, a positive. Because I thought <gasps> you know, because Dan was talking about all the negativities of the film and television world. He, he feels he's in a bit of a slump. You know, yeah. he's be like, oh... For a I change. Ev- you know, or oh, I hate every day, and, oh, really, you know, my housemate's great, but there's only so much <laughs> he, can, he can do. And, like, he, he really tries, and but, you know, it's like, oh, I just hate Star Wars, and, oh, United, and blah, blah, blah. blah. <laughs> um, but on a positive of that, I've wa- I was watching a show that came back um, for its third season after four years, I've been watching the third season of At- Atlanta, the Donald Glover created show, and I've been really, really, really enjoying it. And I've realised why I enjoyed it so much because this is a TV show that's actually a bit episodic. So what I mean is, like, there's the the new trend of television shows today. It's one big story over ten hours, and if it's a good show like the boys or breaking bad you'll kind of get a bit of a beginning middle and end in an episode but it's still ongoing plot this new season of atlanta you get like one episode where the main cast are likely not even in it 
and it's just a 30 minutes begin, middle and end. And then you maybe get another episode or two with the new cast, with the main cast back in. And then the third episode is another story completely different. And it's just, it felt like such a breath of fresh air. Because like, while I like The Boys and I like Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul, which I'm watching at the moment, it's really good. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, it'd be nice to actually watch some episodic television, like classic Star Trek. It just has an idea, it has a story, and it tells that whole story complete in 30 minutes. Like, I, I kind agree. of wish television would go back to it. Like I was saying about last episode about yeah, the boys can have an ongoing story of Homelander, but maybe within an episode, let's have Butcher and the crew deal with a rogue hero, and that's just the episode. It's funny you should mention the boys, because have you seen what the showrunner from the boys has said about this exact topic? Oh, are they doing that? <laughs> no, no, Eric Kripke said, the downside of streaming is that a lot of filmmakers who work in streaming didn't necessarily come out of that network grind. They're more comfortable with the idea that they could give you 10 hours where nothing happens until the 8th hour. That drives yeah. me fucking nuts, personally. <laughs> as a network guy who had to get... No, as a network guy who had to get you people interested for 22 fucking hours a year, I didn't get the benefit of, oh, just hang in there and don't worry. The critics will tell you that by episode 8, shit really hits the fan. Or anyone who says, well, what I'm really making is a 10-hour movie. Fuck you. No, you're not. Wow. Make a TV show. <laughs> you're in the entertainment business. This man just kept going and doubled down on it every step oh of the way. Oh, my God. He's, he's someone in the entertainment business has finally said what I've been saying for years. <laughs> Stop making these eight-hour shows where people are like, well, you should keep watching because it gets good around episode six. I'm like, yeah. there's eight episodes. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like this whole like, It's exactly how he puts it of when they say, oh, but it's like really it's more like a 10 hour movie no you're not making a film you're making a tv show it should each episode should like have its own contained little story it's just great it's it's i've really enjoyed like that third season so good like the first episode i think it's based off a real story just involves a Mm. like a 13 year old lad who gets put in like a foster home and like they're a bit weird (laughs) and it just kind of goes from there and it's just it's just great (laughs) <laughs> I highly recommend it, you know. I've heard a lot of people recommend it. I do keep meaning to get around to it. It's on Disney yeah. Plus, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they put it on Disney Plus. I think there's like a fourth and final season coming out um, in September. I think they filmed them like back to back or something because like Donald Glover's super busy, busy. and famous yeah. and stuff. So I think they just kind of got it out of the way. But I kind of, I hope he, I don't know. I feel like he's like put it to bed because it's like, oh, how I can't keep doing the show anymore. But it's just. He's a really creative. Is the team's really creative, and I'd love it if they just did like, you know, the show's called Atlanta. You could just do a show based in, you know, the city or whatever, and you just have little stories every episode. Like I don't see, I'd just be, be so a bit cool. more anthology. Yeah, it's why I love Inside Number Nine because it's mm. just every episode something completely different based off, and you know, the only connecting factor is the number nine, and you'll have the couple cast the Reese and Steve in each episode most of the time. But other than that, it's a whole different story every episode. I think people still need a hook, though, like some kind of thread that ties stuff together. Like with Inside Number Nine, you've got like the recurring cast, you've got the theme. You know, with Atlanta, is that a recurring cast as well, or is that like? Yeah. So yeah, there, there is a cast and a story kind of following yeah. Donald Glover. Donald Glover is the manager of a rapper called Paperboy, and you kind of follow sort of his rise, but it's just about their lives. But yeah. then, like in see, and like in in the it used to be there in every single episode. It was like an ongoing story. But in this season, probably because Donald Glover's super busy, they then just did um, these one-off episodes where then none of them are in it because they're all now really busy. And like most of them, most of them are in Marvel now or Star Wars. Um, yeah, like there's one episode where the guy, the guy from the Hangover that is on the roof, spoilers who's not really in the hangover. He, like, it's an episode following him, and there's a thing going on where black people are suing white people because they found out that their grandfather was a slave owner to their family. So they're suing them for, like, damages, and, like, you owe, you owe me five million dollars in reparations damage and emotional trauma and things like that. And so the guy from the hangover is getting sued um, by this woman, and, like, it's all, it's so good. It's a great little show. I think, anyway. I've been telling everyone at work about it. <laughs> I, I know what you mean, Dan, of saying, like, you think there needs to be a through line. And I think it it depends on, like, how long you're wanting the show to run and just kind of what it really is. Because yeah. I think I would agree with you in the, on the whole that, yeah, you want 
sometimes more of a plot. But then having said that, when I, again, we're going back to the boys. When I watched that, the boys presents Diabolical and they're all completely disconnected, all just very random, 20 minute fun little stories. That was really great and kind of a breath of threat, a breath of fresh air yeah. for the fact that it, it wasn't all a overarching story it was just one drop in have a fun little adventure never see them again drop in for a fun little adventure never see them again yeah but that's kind of like it's a cool idea but it's like supplementary content that's branching off an already existing kind of brand that people like know and love so it's got that safety it's got that thread kind of thing Uh, i think like it's 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 just about like the uh, produ- uh, the studios, production companies, and what have you, like weighing up the risk and trying to work out, how, you know, what's going to get the the most return for their their risk. Basically, you know, you look at you look at something like I don't know, Strange Things, I guess. Like that whole thing comes with like it's over shown over the course of like well, this season was shown over the course of two parts. It was an ex- extremely considered move to show it over two parts. It's all part of like the conversation for longer. You know, every episode has its viral moments. You know, people love the idea of this like big moment in, you know, TV, this big, like this month where you're just talking about strange things or whatever. Mm. And, and I think stuff like that is much more likely to get a uh, green lit, you know, because um, it's just more, it's more likely to be successful. It works in tandem with social media. It works in tandem with, you know, you can have branching off things. You can have merchandise. You can have like stuff like with the boys, with the with the kind of like little mini series that spans off from it. It's just like, I don't, I, it's good that we still have things like Atlanta, isn't it? But it's like, it's low budget stuff, isn't it? Uh, but it would be cool if like something like high budget, uh, was made with with that type of idea, you know, a lot of a lot of money poured into like an anthology series or something. It'd be really cool, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Too risky. Too risky. It's weird that part. like that's not, that's what's like Star Trek's supposed to be. Yeah, I don't. I haven't been watching the current shows because the well, Picard's just the absolute. Oh my god! Uh, but like, <laughs> oh, yeah. there's, there's like there's like other shows now set in like the original series era. But I don't know if that's episodic. Like that's what Star Trek's supposed to be. And sometimes there's anthology episodes. And... Ben, let me let me ask you: Have you watched? Uh, have you watched the? <laughs> Damn! Have you watched the uh, Orville? Have you watched that show? Oh, I I. <coughs> okay, cool. <laughs> that Touch the subject, Dan. Let's let's. <laughs> you know, that's all I have to say about that. I watched. <laughs> I start. I watched it when it came out just to have a look at it, yeah. and yeah, I think people say, "Well, if you like Star Trek, watch the Orville because it's just episodic." Yeah, yeah. Star Trek. It's. Just, I think it's just Seth MacFarlane put all the money just to make his Star Trek fantasies come true. Yeah. Um. So maybe one day I'll get round to it. I've heard it's a good show, and they've kept it going for a few seasons. I think it might be ending on its own terms if it's, if it's not still yeah. going. Uh, Seth, Seth MacFarlane's. Uh, I think the last season has either just finished airing or is airing currently yeah, through, so, through Disney+. Plus. Yeah, that's why it's kind of on my radar. Yeah, because I remember, because me and Dan are big fans of the YouTube channel Red Letter Media, and the one of the guys on that mic is like so depressed from the state <laughs> of Star Trek. He kind of, he's then been drawn to the Orville just to get a sense of just a sci-fi show that's episodic and kind yeah. of well-written and likable characters. Like, that's like basic stuff. <laughs> Uh, but maybe one day, yeah, I'll. Because I'm also very depressed because of Picard. And <laughs> I'll never that. forget that. I'll never forget that horrible week where it was the last episode of Picard, season two. And in that same week, we watched Doctor Strange, and this like doddery old man gets wheeled out. <laughs> so, oh my god, he's, he's still there. Um, oh Dan, do you want to talk about speaking of like indulgent long form television? Because we've not talked about it on the <laughs> the podcast because we'd watched it since me and dan got through it's really old news it get back the beatles nine hour documentary extravaganza where they go through trying to make this like uh was it a tv show while they're trying to write an album i think and then it yeah, kind well... of turns into the famous rooftop gig yeah, it was a it was a documentary film uh, that was going to culminate in some as as of the time of filming, undecided um, event, you know, climactic event, and so like the idea of like going into the desert 
and going and like performing on the pyramids or something along those lines was like floated and so this film actually got made in the end it was called like it was called let it be which is the same as name as the album that they were recording at the time and it was i have not actually seen it i can't imagine it's terrible but it was only about 90 minutes long two hours long and i think it was perhaps a little bit disjointed or i don't know it was edited in a way to make the fans think the Beatles didn't like each other at this point. And it was fa- it was like famous for being, oh, they don't like each other. They didn't like each other at this point. Oh, and like okay. the big, I think, selling point of this thing, Peter Jackson was like, no, they, they were friends. They do like it. They still liked each other. It was just like the end of the road, I think. And like when we were watching the show, the show, when we were watching the documentary... <laughs> when they get to the rooftop bits, there's just like amazing shots of like Paul just looking at John, like really lovingly. And it just, it's just like amazing. Well, I wanted to bring it up as well because I think I thought the best bit, Dan, and you guys might like this, James and Christian. So they get to the rooftop gig, the famous gig, and they had the genius idea to put a camera on the ground where the people were. Right. And so you get to, and so they were asking people on the street who, because they don't know this music, it's new songs to them. Who do you think this is? What do you think of the Beatles? What do you think is going on? So you get this like at the time, obviously, you know, it's not now the Beatles are icons uh. and, you know, all this time, but now you get the, at the time reactions from the people. And it's incredible <laughs> <laughs> seeing the differences of opinion and all these bloody nerds, Dan, being like, "Well, it's really disrupting all the local businesses. It's really, it's really bothering everyone." It's like, shut up. That was ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It's like Dan, that it... would be you. <laughs> what? <laughs> like, it so wouldn't. It wouldn't at all. <laughs> um, like, yeah, it's 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 really odd. It's really odd because the Beatles are literally like on the roof performing a bunch of new songs, and like people are genuinely like, "This is disrupting the economy." Economy of the of their local businesses it's like really really strange it's like one one or two hours of your life where you know you don't have to work and the beatles are playing on the roof and they're like turn it down it's disruptive but um they've not played for years and it's free (laughs) exactly exactly Uh, that's just the british public in general (laughs) it's like hey do you want a free concert of this this band like who haven't played in years it's like I don't know because I I need to get some shopping done and <laughs> like <sighs> I've got a meeting at one. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though, most people are like no, this is great. I, I quite like yeah, the Beatles. This is really good. You know, um, I think it's jolly good fun. Like people are like exactly, talking yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. what's now the stereotype. I think it's jolly good fun. It's just yeah. like it's just glorious. Yeah, some of the people in this footage. The documentary as a whole though is like it's it's a strange watch, isn't it, Ben? It's a strange watch. Yeah. I I rated it on letterboxd five stars <laughs> because nothing like it exists and it's i'm a fan of the beatles anyway and this was a period in the history where they were being very very creative you know they they wrote a lot of stuff on abbey road during this period and you see a lot of the stuff from from abbey road getting recorded and rehearsed and it's really strange because it's totally new to everyone and you know paul mccartney's there suddenly like coming up with you know, songs like... Well, Get Back. Well, Get Back, yeah. But stuff from Abbey Road as well. Like um, okay. like the stuff from the medley at the end. Like, um, I don't know how familiar you guys are with the Beatles, but there's a ton of ton of stuff from Abbey Road that gets rehearsed, ton of stuff from Let It Be that gets rehearsed. So it's cool on that aspect. You get to see how these songs, like, are written because it's so, it's so exhaustive of a... Uh, record of those recording sessions like a lot of the running time is just spent like with not much going on really it's just the Beatles kind of hanging out in their rehearsal space jamming out songs chatting being very very relaxed there's people around just milling about it's all very kind of almost like unfocused um especially towards the start of the film it's very unfocused and that actually is a problem for like uh, Paul McCartney I think because he's he comes in with a proper work ethic straight off the bat he's like right we're gonna work nine to five on these songs we're gonna treat it like a job right we get here at nine we write we rehearse we try and like get these songs done 
and we finish at five and then we go live the rest of our lives and the other guys are just like turning up at like 11 12 you know hungover <laughs> you know no one's no one's particularly like asked or focused they're in this big cavernous kind of like warehouse at the start in twickenham and it's just a bit cold and weird cameras all around none of them can concentrate but it's still really it's a lot like this podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah. of... wait a minute who's paul mccartney though uh, I'm Paul McCartney. It's definitely not you, Dan. It's absolutely not, Mister. Oh, I'm a bit tired. Do we have to record tonight? Yeah, that Paul McCartney would say that. He'd say it's past five o'clock. You know. Got to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. And if you're a fan of the Beatles, it's really good. And the and the, the most of it is just rehearsing. Most of it is just hanging out, fly on the wall type documentary. But it's fascinating because even when it's quite boring and not much is going on. It's still just the Beatles hanging yeah. out. And the imagery, like the film, or the original film that Peter Jackson got hold of, you know, hours and hours and hours, like literally hundreds of hours, I think, were filmed for this documentary and only like two were used in the end. But so much material is used. And he's basically gone in, and I think it's like wet a digital, right? Have gone in and done the exact same process that they did with the World War One film that came out like a few years back. If you guys have seen that. Um, where basically restored it so it looked like it was filmed yesterday, and it's kind of spooky. Beetle with with the with Get Back, it's the same. It looks like it was filmed yesterday, and it's kind of like slightly uncanny sometimes how like modern it looks. It's really cool, just on on a technical level. You know, it looks um, very modern almost, but it's not modern. It's nineteen sixty nine. It's crazy. Has there has there been any Beatles biopics in the same sort of vein as Bohemian Rhapsody and Rocketman? Because surely that's there's, well overdue. There's like there's weirdly like TV shows. There's one where um, okay. <laughs> Christopher Eccleston played John Lennon. Oh Jesus Christ! And yeah. the hot priest from Fleabag and Moriarty from Sherlock played Paul McCartney. That's <laughs> yeah, at the end of their I run. See that, to be fair. And it's Christopher Eccleston trying to do a John Lennon impression in the glasses <laughs> and the long hair and the white outfit. That's a bit of a weird one. What else is there? I think the main major problem with with the Beatles kind of like biopic is that they, they won't ever give permission for their music to be used. So um, yeah. it, unless it's per, the perfect project with the perfect casting and everything like that, right, okay. uh, they're not going to be able to actually sing Beatles songs or be any, or use any Beatles material. Have I made this up, or are we getting a film? I don't know if this was an urban myth or something called Piano Man where it's going to be the life and story of Billy Joel. However, Billy Joel hasn't signed off on it, so they can't use the name Billy Joel, and they can't use any of his music, but the film still apparently is going ahead. There's one that came out about David Bowie, where they, they don't, I don't think they even have the rights to his name. Yeah. Just just make a different film. There's been a, there's been a few films like that where they've been sort of... They've been labelled as dramas, but... They're very sort of biopic, like in the way that they're shot, t- to the point where you research them, and it's like, well, it's technically about this person, <laughs> but we didn't get their blessing, so <laughs> we made it without making any references to this specific person. Can I just tell you about this amazing video I watched the other day? It's from this TV show, and it's just because it's on like the same theme about music and film and how it's like filmed. It's a vid- so there's a TV show they made about a, uh, like a biopic drama about the Wu Tang Clan. Uh, the rap rap group uh, mm. like RZA and all that like Method Man and stuff. So they made a TV. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're really cool, Dan. Um, <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wu Tang Clan, yeah, big time, big time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love him. Good lads. Ghostface Killer. He's a. Yeah, he's yeah, a Dan loves yeah, him. Yeah, Dan yeah, loves yeah. all kinds of clans. Yeah, yeah. Only Wu Tang. Only Wu Tang. Dan, name a Wu Tang Clan song. A Wu Tang Clan song would be. Yeah, don't. We can um, see you. Don't Google. No, I'm not googling. I'm not googling because <laughs> actually, one played in the office today, and I put it on. Um, it was the one. Oh no, I've forgotten the name of it now. That's annoying. It's the one about the rattle, the pit, <laughs> gravel pit. Yes. <laughs> yeah, gravel well pit. Well done. I well did it, done, Ben. Mate. I did it. I've shown you up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know the Wu Tang Clan. <laughs> I'll show you the video, Dad. It's really cool. So there's a video where no, it's, it, not. it's really cool. <laughs> so in the show, the Rizzo, the character, well, the character the, he's playing the guy Rizzo. What's his like, real name? 
It's Nathan. <laughs> he, it's he, a lovely um, name. He's like in his bedroom trying to figure out how to do sampling with his turntables. Um, and how they visually represent him figuring out how to sample a beat or change up a guitar point. They like he's in like a black void with his turntables and like the drum beat he's got on his decks, his DJ decks, they have like an actor on a drum in a drum on a drum kit, like in front of him. Mm. And he's like telling him what to do. And he's like cha- and he like changes his, his DJ. Cool. He changes the turntable. Then like the drummer's like now doing it faster. But then the drummer's like reacting to it. He's like, hey, what are you doing to me, man? <laughs> and so then like he gets a guitar bit. And then, like, he, like, doubles it. So then there's two guitarists right there in front of him. And they're both like, hey, now there's two, you know, now there's two. And he's, like, telling them what to do. And it's, like, such an awesome video on how to, like, visually show a guy figuring out how to sample a beat for, like, the first time. And then, like, he gets, like, his three samples from different songs, the drums, the guitar, the bass. And then he puts them all together at the end to create the beat. And then they're all there in the void with him, like, in his head or whatever. It's so good. Like, that 10-minute bit alone has now got me interested in the show because i just i love that i like any dramas or any kind of music based movie or show i'll always try and watch regardless of quality just as just because it's just like awesome yeah <laughs> so any show that's like based around music you'll watch i'll I, if it, i'll try to eventually like the like any like school of rock yeah what you're gonna that. you're gonna watch all of the school of rock tv show hell yeah and the musical. <laughs> Musical's really good. Have you seen it live, James? Yeah. I went to oh, it in London. Have? Yeah, oh, I went down to see it in London. It's very, it's very good. But, Ben, if you watch any show about music, I guess we're going to have to sit through all of Glee together. I'm off. <laughs> oh, no, I'm moving in with James. Oh. <laughs> You're all trapped. No. Oh, speaking of, I think, James, you'll be well up for this. Me and Dan attempted now to watch... Um, Big Brother because it's coming back. Oh, I'm, I'm, mate. Whether it's with you or not, I'm watching all of Big Brother. <laughs> when I was watching the Love Island finale and it just cut to a break, and then suddenly the Big Brother music comes on and the eye starts forming, I was like, "Wait, what? I thought Cross this over. was long in the bin." Yeah, I think it's coming back in ITV. Yeah, you're up for watching it, aren't you, Dan? At least the first episode. Yeah, I'll watch Big Brother. I'm curious. I'm curious enough to watch uh, at least the first episode. We were saying, I don't know what it'll be like now, because back in the day, it was pretty much, let's whack a bunch of people in a house together and mentally torch them for three months. And yeah. I don't think it's going to fly on modern telly. No. I think it'll be super watered down. Yes. Dan, shockingly or surprisingly, is quite like a massive Big Brother fan, has retained good knowledge about the show and its history I never really watched it in the day. The early days of Big Brother, the early days, definitely, because it was so new and it was like, what is going on? They basically, like, stuck a bunch of people in a house and filmed them (laughs) 24-7. And in the early early seasons of Big Brother, they really went all in on, like, this whole internet um, kind of fad, as it was at the time. (laughs) And they put, like, you were able to... um, they had streaming kind of webcams in the house that you could log onto the Big Brother site and like literally watch them like 24 hours a day live. Even when they were asleep, you could watch them online. It was terrible quality, but it was like such a massive novelty. It's like what we can just like log into someone's webcam and watch them sleep or just like see what they're doing in the morning when they get up and have breakfast and have a chat with. It's, it was so weird, but it was more like a social experiment than that, in that way. Certainly like the first series was like a proper social experiment, mm-hmm. you know, just relatively regular people who had to live together. And some of them were a bit strange in certain ways. And some of them were just very, very normal people with normal jobs um and it really kicked off didn't it in the first series with that nasty net guy and it was like riveting tv <laughs> it was like the first reality tv villain was born with like nasty nick because he was manipulating the vote which is like completely ridiculous by today's standards because anything goes today doesn't it how was he manipulating the vote how did he do that oh did you guys did you guys not know about nasty nick like I, i've heard of the character of nasty nick but i don't really know anything about it yeah, so this guy, picture, he's quite a, he's quite a um, well-spoken, kind of like maybe a, a um, private school education type, type deal. Um, he goes in the house, he's well-liked, he, he kind of um, 
ingratiates himself with everyone you know tells people that he, he thinks they're great that he's got their back you know and that he loves them and blah 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 and everyone loves him and gets on with him and everything but in the background he's like showing people like names on pieces of paper he's, he's flashing names in front of him that he's written like he's saying like caroline on a piece of paper in front of someone else and he's just going around the house just pulling the strings like whispering in people's ears you know even basically playing the game and that's essentially all, all it yeah. is um but this was so like out of order back then this was like for, for a start you weren't allowed like a pen and pencil um even, he uh, yeah you weren't allowed like a pen a pen and paper or anything like that uh, and yet somehow he'd managed to get both and he was showing people names and uh and then one day everyone twigs at what he'd been up to and they like went through his suitcase and found all these like strips of paper and everything and found evidence that he'd been manipulating the vote and they confronted him at like the table the next morning about what he'd been doing and it was like very it was it was excruciating to watch because he was just squirming the whole time and hmm. he was he was all, like on the edge of tears the whole time and oh was he yeah oh yeah yeah it's <laughs> like no, there was no such thing as like a a reality tv villain like there is now like people go into these shows now and like they purposefully act up and they they purposefully want to be the villain right because they know like they can they can play it a certain way you know it's kind of their brand sort of thing and it's so refined now because reality tv's been going for like 25 years or whatever um but back then it was just a guy and it was his <laughs> reputation you know it was like it was just a man who had been like outed as this like two-faced guy and everything and it was like really good tv um and he was eventually like evicted from the house and and the papers hated him but everyone he was like vilified in the press it was like a big deal um but it kind of put big brother on the map to be honest if it wasn't for that event it may have not ran as long because it was like oh shit this is this format can actually be quite entertaining kind of thing um how um, how far did he get and did he get kicked out or did he win did he get voted out no no he got he, he was asked to leave he was he forcibly no, he didn't even get um what's it called in is it evicted you know, he didn't. He didn't get evicted. No, he broke the rules. He broke the rules of the show, and by the rules of the show, like the integrity was a, was a big thing then because it was like a proper experiment, and he couldn't stay in after breaking the rules, so he had to leave. It's like Doctor Who. Yeah. Whereas now they'd have just kind of like they would just right. Yeah, like literally, you would have. You would have. You. My sister who says this like that was one of the big turning points in Big Brother was when they switched how the voting worked. It always used to be vote to evict, so it meant all the nasty people got voted out early on, and then you were kind of left with all the people that were just nice, like oh yeah, well I really like you and all this and that. Whereas now it's vote to save. All the boring people get weeded out early doors, and you're only left with the actual entertaining ones. Yeah. I mean, Big Brother was like the first example that it's like you can see like the cogs turning of reality TV like year by year. Like, how can we refine the format to to allow for the greatest chance of chaos and and literal violence? Uh, okay, let's like let's like create separations in the group. Let's like physically like put the some of the group in a different location where they only get like like a small amount of food and drink and like the essentials and then put the other half give them like cake and pizza every night and it's like it's proper just like emotionally manipulating people um and they just ramps that up and up and up and like refines that and that's when you have shows like i don't know i guess like the most modern day ones are like love island stuff right Woo! where which, you know, a few years back, a few years back, it was like the the peak of, if you want to call it that, the peak of this type of reality TV, where like it went too far basically because they were clearly picking met people who had men mental health issues, and just going, yeah, stick them on TV, it's fine, stick them on TV, and then it obviously like ends up with quite a lot of them having killed themselves, right? Um, which is like now why you can't get away with that on on TV anymore, yeah. and and that's why like Love Island this year, I I didn't watch any of it, but I'm going yeah, to assume whatever, Dan. I didn't watch any of Love whatever. Island. This year, you were but... watching it every day. <laughs> <laughs> I've only watched one series of Love Island, and I actually kind of enjoyed it. It's a good show. No, it's not. It's like it's crap, but my god, is it entertaining? Yeah, it's it. I find it just a bit depressing. Of, of the uh, of of the modern 
like Big Brother equivalents. I think the only one I've ever actually watched a full series of was The Circle. That was good. Actually. Oh, that's yeah. that's, that's, that's good. quite I interesting. I know a couple of people who worked on that. That was that was that was a good show. That that was a good show because it had a really like good ending. Was that the catfishing one? Yeah, yeah. Ba- ba- basically it was Big Brother, but you never the the other contestants could only talk over social media and didn't know if the person they were talking to was who they said they were. Yeah, what a great That's concept! A it was a really I'm, good concept. I am looking forward to when James moves in to like you know I'll cook James a really nice meal, oh. but I'll give Dan like scraps <laughs> to see how how the game you know how how we all manage living together. What are you gonna brother. cook, Ben? Like. Baked beans again, baked beans on toast. Oh, At least I can bowl. cook baked beans. You can't cook baked beans. I've seen you <laughs> eat it out of the can, cold. <laughs> Dan is just Christopher Lloyd from the Dennis the Menace movie. <laughs> I, I was going to say, James, by Ben saying that he's going to feed you well, what he means is you'll have chili for four nights, <laughs> then you'll have yeah. spag bowl for four nights. Yeah, <laughs> nice. That's then you'll have chili like, again. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god, guys, can we like do a Space Wind from Pluto Come Dine with me series? Oh, come <laughs> on. <laughs> That'd be great. It can't possibly get fewer views than the videos we do at the moment. Do you like ready meals from Lidl? <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> I could happily give you a good five minute set on the differences in ready meals now um, after the ordeal we've been through with the hob not working <laughs> actually I'll just I'll just fucking do it now the, do not go to Lidl I'm not endorsing Lidl anymore guys I refuse the Lidl ready meals are crap who could have guessed slime the slime <laughs> oh my god all gross. ready meals are slime nah the Tesco the, one's decent the Morrison's yeah. ones are alright because you you're paying a quite a bit of pretty pennies for those ones they're not too bad they'll be they're kind of okay little ones are terrible i think Audi ones are all right tesco's is all right but it's mad because i've had because the hob hadn't worked i was kind of eating ready meals and kind of like occasionally oven food um for like a couple months it's crazy how it has had an effect like on my health yeah. <laughs> like i just i felt I don't think worse. that is that crazy ben i think that's pretty expected yeah, yeah well, like it's just I felt like sluggish and like it's just crazy how just fresh food. Yeah, of, you know. I will say this, Ben. It would have helped if you'd have at least heated them up, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> Heat them. It's called it's called a ready meal. It's ready. <laughs> the man makes an excellent point. If I buy you like a ready meal spag bowl, do you reckon you could eat it without warming it up? If it oh, I spaghetti think I oh. 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 I was going to say curry, but then you get chicken in there, and that can get dodgy. Like, a cold, not heated at all. No, because it's, all, it's I mean, already it's, cooked, right? It is it's already gonna, cooked. But it will have, it's going to have some sort of effect on your health, like the next couple of days. Surely. Psychological effect more than yeah. anything. Yeah, but think, think about it this way. If we film it and document it, it's content. Oh, Jesus Christ. Everything. Oh, we're going to be we're just living with a vlogger. That's what's going to happen. The, the TikToks are about to get started. It's just going to be oh. James feeding Ben. <laughs> the worst possible version of that TikTok content house, isn't it? It's like just three idiots feeding each other <laughs> ready house. meals. <laughs> yeah. That, you know probably, what I'm talking about, right? There's probably a few TikTok content houses. I've not heard of this. It's just like houses full of influencers, wannabe influencers. It's completely set up to film TikToks and that type of stuff basically and they all live together and make content together forever and ever and ever and ever so that we can just endlessly scroll bullshit for the rest of our lives i had a guy on the tram yesterday like shout out loud to the tram that everyone was zombies like he sat next to me and i was just like looking out the window trying to enjoy the outside world because the tram was absolutely rammed and the guy turned around and was like hey you're all zombies everybody's zombies and I had my headphones in. And I was like, <laughs> Don't hurt me. Like, yeah. <laughs> one, one of them moments where you turn and look and realise that he's sat on the outside and you're blocked in at the window. <laughs> he was so you, sat out, I was you, you can't even get away. You've got to yeah. like climb over people if he if he starts freaking out. Yeah, it was too early for it as well, man. I thought, I'm not in a state for this. <laughs> can't do this. I've, I've not had my ready meal yet. I can't be doing with this. Everyone on public transport should be completely silent at all times. That's what I think. That's like the only good thing about maybe living in London is everyone on the tube understands public transport etiquette. 
Do they? That surprises me. Yeah, no one talks on the tube. You don't dare. That's what I like about London as well. Everybody understands the rule of like, is it you keep right or is it keep left? I don't understand. Keep keep, <laughs> keep left? I think like it's keep left. Noise, it makes sense because we drive on the left. Mm. We should, as a society, do like a rule where we keep left. So when you're in like a shopping centre, if everybody keeps left, you don't have those idiots walking towards you and like a... 50 people have to get out of the way that moron that walks into oncoming traffic okay let's uh, keep that, left everybody that's me yeah Walk, walking down the right because it's closer to the doors to the shop i want to go oh, into i can't stand it man. <laughs> i think basically the, the 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 rule of thumb is just just try and be considerate of other human beings and if that means like not playing music from your phone extremely loud or not like talking really loud on a phone call or just talking loud in general or being a distraction or a nuisance then just do that it's quite easy. My my main issue is with with walking everywhere is people that just that walk slow in groups, but instead of yeah. like pairing off and you know walking in a, a line, line, they they walk in a straight line yeah. across the entire pathway and, and and just walk at a snail's pace. It's like get out of my way, <laughs> just please move to one side. Yeah, you should really be listening to this, Dan, and taking this on board. <laughs> Okay, yeah, I'll take notes. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Thanks. Just constantly to, uh, talking on trams. Bring us slightly back onto the whole film topic. Christian, I'm assuming you know fair enough about this. Ben and Dan, have you heard about the whole Batgirl film news? Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard uh, that they've... I don't know who's come out and said this, but uh, that they've essentially confirmed a reason for it. No. no. Is it just because it's really bad? So no, explain the first it's nothing reason. nothing to do what's, with what's, that. Say so, what's, what's happened and then So go basically, through. ages ago, a Batgirl film got announced. I don't know if it was ever going to be a theatrical release. It then got pushed to HBO Max. It got cast. It got filmed. Michael Keaton and J.K. Simmons were both supposed to be appearing in this film. By all accounts, it's apparently filmed. Like, it's wrapped and they're in post-production pretty much. And then Warner Brothers have just turned around the other day and gone, yeah, we're cancelling it. It's never coming out. And then I think this is pretty official. I don't think this is rumours and hearsay. Apparently, the reason it's been cancelled is it's a bit of a tax break. And Warner Brothers have crunched the numbers and realised they can gain more money from through... I don't know how it works, but essentially, they would gain more money from just scrapping it now than ever releasing it on any platform. So they've just binned it off. This film that everyone's worked on for that Jesus long is just Christ. Not, not coming out. What, <laughs> what, are they, what are Warner Brothers doing, man? State of the world, man. Like, like that's even an option. Mm. You know what I thought though as well, very cynically. Which <laughs> is not unusual for me, sorry. But um I just thought like what a great bit of marketing it is for this film because everyone's yeah, gonna yeah. wanna watch this film now. Yeah. Like I wanna see it because yeah. apparently it's uh, it's so bad and everyone's got you know, it's it's being repressed kind of thing. Yeah, that's what my dad said. He said the the internet will now drum up a release the Batgirl cut or yeah, the Brendan really. Fraser cut. Yeah, exactly. Yes, someone. Uh, I, I know that someone apparently in Warner Brothers in the high ups called it irredeemable. I hadn't heard it was bad. To be fair, I, I hadn't heard anything. I'd, I'd forgotten it existed till this. If I'm honest, there we go. Exhibit A. The initial uh, stuff that I saw from the like from the press release saying that it had been cancelled was that higher ups had called it irredeemable and had just deemed it too expensive to save. And have been like, ah, it's just gone. Like, because it's it's not going to go anywhere if it gets released anyway, because it's that bad. Does this ever happen to this extent before, where like a film had been fully greenlit, fully filmed? I understand production hell and all that kind of stuff, or where films just don't get made when they want to. But to get to the point where you're essentially wrapping and then going, ah, let's just not bother anymore. I imagine it's happened before, but maybe not this publicly mm. or on this scale or whatever. Well, Terry, Terry Gilliam has tried tried to get a movie made for like maybe decades about the story of like Don Quixote, where he did finally get it made. But that was one where he it's like it was like his long term cursed production where there was a version of the film he was going to make where like Johnny Depp was like the lead role in it. And it was just a production hell at one after another. Like a sandstorm came, destroyed. There was like a one in a million chance the sandstorm would turn up and it and like destroyed the production. Then Johnny was busy or stuff like that. So, and that got that got into. They were filming that and they had to just abandon the film. And then that got made into a documentary. Like so that's a really good documentary. Lost in La Mancha, it's called. Um, so that's kind of one. 
but didn't get as far as as Batgirl did. I bet you there's one out there. Like I know, like the Fantastic Four movies are pretty much just excuses oh, to be made yeah, to keep the rights. That that got... there, there, I was gonna say that there is that Fantastic Four movie that got made that was never released. Where yeah, the the thing In, was like, just a guy where yeah, the thing was just a guy with rocks glued to him. Yeah, like, like yeah, that whatever. Was made yeah, the oh man, can't 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 remember the company now. Like a, like a famously bad. Uh, film company that make movies but i think that was one um, because wasn't that another one where it's like it was essentially they made it and did it all as a tax break well that's that's not uncommon we've had a few ones like that where they just make a film to keep the rights amazing spider-man that only came out of that i'm pretty sure the last fantastic four film was exactly that of shit we're about to lose the rights to these very popular characters the only one I can think of like that recently was one where the the rights to that a company were about to lose the rights to a character and have chose not to make another film. They were just like, yeah, we'll just lose the rights, um, which was um, the uh, sequel to Tomb Raider that had been planned. They were supposedly doing a follow up. They, they were supposedly doing a follow up with uh, Alicia Vikander again to the 2018 to 20 2018 2017 whenever it was mm. they were doing a follow-up to that um that had apparently been written and planned and then it just got pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and now the uh the, the rights have expired the company have lost the rights and alicia vikander's been pulled from the project so there, there is one thing that i wanted to to talk about um in regards to what i've been watching because uh, over the past few days um i decided since i have it um i i managed i have apple tv now um because uh a few i think it was like a couple weeks ago um apple and sony joined up and they were giving out six months of apple tv to anyone with a playstation 5 so all you had to do was download the app. I, th- I think it's still available if you want to get it. Oh, but all you do is you download the Apple TV app, load it up, sign into your account, and it goes, there you go, six months free. Nice. Um, so I decided to start watching uh, Mythic Quest. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, is a, a comedy show uh, about a video game studio. It's produced by... Uh, Lionsgate and Ubisoft and written and executive produced by the guys who write uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, that's uh, why I've heard the name of it. Yeah, um, yeah. it's it stars uh, Rob, uh, is it Rob McElhaney? Is, is that, yeah, is that how you pronounce it? Um, he's the like uh, head creative director of the company and it's basically just there. It, it's it's sort of comedic takes on various aspects of uh the sort of video game industry and uh like specifically keeping an mmo running and the like crunch aspect of video games and um there's a couple of side characters who are just absolutely mental like uh danny pudi who uh played uh abed in community uh plays the the head of monetization so his character is basically just a giant douche who wants to rinse players of all their money and that's like a whole the whole thing of him trying to manipulate people in the company to change aspects of the game so that they can rinse people of money um and it honestly it's a very funny it's a very funny show there's like two seasons available now and they did bonus episodes uh during the quarantine to like represent how quarantine life was for video game makers um and i the the most baffling thing is because it's produced by ubisoft um all of uh, a bunch of the like cut scenes from within the game are just old unused footage from uh, <laughs> for honor and Assassin's Creed. Oh, that was Frona was a great game. Oh. So there's just bits of Assassin's Creed games thrown in there, and I'm like, that's not the fake game that they're talking about. That's literally a game I can go and play. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, quite cool, though. Yeah. Like that. G- genuinely an entertaining show. I've, I've literally sat and watched the first season today. Tell you what, <laughs> if I can get six months free of Apple TV, check in the next episode of the podcast when I've watched the entirety of Ted Lasso. I was going to say, watch Ted Lasso, then you can I'm talk so to me about it. I'm so desperate to see that show. 
So I want to watch that uh, Severance show. I want to check that out where it's a show where you you get a job work where's the podcast? You get a job working for a company, but when you enter like the office, you forget everything about yourself and the outside world. And then when you leave the office, you forget everything about the job. Yeah. And yeah, then it, I think like Ben Stiller produced it, and apparently it's got good reviews. And and then I thought I might give that a go. That looks quite good, but it yeah, equally could be it could be really shit because it's only based <laughs> off the trailer. And then and then um, Red Letter Media endorsed it, and I thought, okay, right, well okay. then it's probably all right then. Yeah, I I uh, I, I want to watch Ted Lasso next, uh, and I want to watch uh, For All Mankind because I remember you talking about that yeah. ages ago. Yeah, I'm trying to get um, through season two for my poor dad, so get I can through. catch up in. Yeah, it's just long and I've got other things on. Got a life to live, Dad. <laughs> and then obviously I'm going to be sitting and binging all of Prehistoric Planet because that's just right up my alley. Yeah, dinosaurs. Got to binge those shows, guys. I hope there's locusts in that one. Um, so <laughs> let's, let's get binging and we'll come back next week and we'll all reconvene then, won't we, lads? We fucking won't. That <laughs> <laughs> enthusiasm. Yeah. But, you know, with that with a little bonus episode for people that have to wait all these months, but I hope you enjoy just a little a little extra one, just a little about some random stuff, you know. People like listen to us chat. We just chatted, you know. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. So hopefully we'll see you hopefully sooner rather than later for the next one. Uh, and we'll see you in a bit, right, guys? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, see you. See you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.